Hello and welcome to another episode of Mike M's Weekly Reads. Uh, I'm going to try to hammer through three weeks this time because I'm going to take next week off for the holidays. <clears throat> and I uh, wanted to get some uh, get caught up uh, on these weekly reads. Um, so just as a, an update on my cutbacks on comics. I have cut back from $1,400 to $700, so cut it in half um, using all kinds of different strategies. Uh, so I'm still getting a lot, probably more than most people, but at least I'm not getting the entire previews, which has been absolutely exhausting in my old age, processing all of the information and not getting to read as much. So I posted on Twitter the other day, not not that many people saw it because they're probably busy watching Twitter go up in flames, but uh, I posted hoping to uh, buy, you know, buy less and read more. And some people responded by like, that doesn't make any sense. But, but it makes a lot of sense if I haven't been able to read the comics that I've been buying. <clears throat> uh, or as the uh, 11 o'clock comics guys used to say Regina pile or Regina I don't know what they called it it was just getting too too big and um, the move that DC Comics made to Ultra kind of paved the way and uh, it was uh, a tough one I mean the two toughest things I think were that really got me itchy like oh, I don't know if I should do this, or I don't know if I should do this, <clears throat> was to cut back on the DC to process them digitally, especially with the big event, the Lazarus planet that was going to take place. And that one I decided, well, I'll read it a month later and uh, see how it is. And uh, hopefully I can continue this streak. And then the other thing that was hard, just because of my addiction, but it made no sense whatsoever, uh, logically, was to stop getting the Epic Collections. Because I have, like, I don't know, I think I'm going on six bookshelves just with Epic Collections. And I hadn't missed any Epic Collections except for the Star Wars, because I had stopped them recently. <clears throat> and that was just like a couple months ago. So I have all these epic collections and haven't like cracked into, I, I think the, the total that I've read to date are three. Okay. <laughs> I have enough epic collections to last me the rest of my lifetime. And that's just if I read epic collections and got didn't read any comics. That's how much Epic Collections collected editions I have. So another reason I, I thought about that is, well, you know what? Most of this is on the app anyway. So if I get the itch, I can... Marvel's really good with back issues. DC, not so much. But hopefully they're supposed to add in November, like, I don't remember if it was like 30,000 more comics. So that that's pretty substantial. I'm sure most of it's new stuff, but hopefully it adds a little bit more. 
but but I've been still buying older issues which you can't read digitally and stuff like that um, today I went to the the comic shop and I picked up Archie Adventures series the original shield number one it's a 75 cent cover price I picked up Mighty Comics Presents 12 Center The Shield and this is number 45 really crappy looking cover probably a, a G to VG but only because somebody took a crayon to the cover um, I picked up one and two of Lancelot Strong, The Shield, uh, from Red Circle Comics. Uh, from Also from Red Circle Comics, this might be the same issue, Lancelot Shield. Um, although the cover, does, it reads now, Lancelot Strong, I'm sorry, Lancelot Strong, Shield. Uh, number three looks like the same character. It says Shield steel sterling so i don't know if this is the same series it looks like it because of the price tag and the fact that it went one through three and then this one i picked up <clears throat> wasn't sure i had it it's from 2000 it was a showcase presents seven soldiers of victory uh but it says here it is an all-new tale from the silver age uh, Dead Man, Mento, Shining Knight, Blackhawk, Metamorpho, Batgirl, and Adam Strange, forged in the flames of galactic conquest, they are the planet's only hope against the Injustice League. Yes. I also got this week some Kickstarters, which I've really scaled back uh, on. I used to sign up for like four to five a week. Because Kickstarters offer like genres and stuff that you can't normally find in previews. You can find similar stuff, but they usually have like a niche. And most of them, they're like publishers that keep publishing. And <clears throat> I, I like them a lot, but the price to value got too high. Um and me wanting to you know cut back and the it, it was because it's like 10 minimum maximum like 25 dollars when you get a shipping for a comic book so i said man i am gonna be damn picky with this like i still gonna get vanya from bad bug because i like it a lot it, it's a nasty book but it's beautiful and it's in the jungle, and there's dinosaurs, and all kinds of crazy shit. So I, I still stuck with that one, and I'm sticking with the Heart So uh, Bad Girl comic so far, but that's about it. I, my hope is that <clears throat> some of these bigger publishers like Evolution and... Um, that I was getting and uh, Bad Bug and 
the other one that I knew a silver line will make their way to previews and I can just order them that way at a discount but you know we'll we'll see um so um yeah those are some back issues I got but I I got the some kickstarters cuz they're still trickling in from all my other orders I got hope and sin um I get a lot of Bad Girl Nun comics. So, like, you know, I'm into the Warrior Nun on Netflix. And and this is um, another uh, Nun comic from Attic Door Comics. Um, I got Babylon Working number five. This is an Evolution No Sleep comic. Lords of L.A. I don't even remember ordering this. And I ordered Cats along with it was covert anti-espionage team and then finally the piano turner turner tuner volume two um the piano tuner had already come out it was an erotic comic that came out in the past and they reprinted it for kickstarter so um this is the second one it's the last issue there's only two issues so uh, that's all that came in and uh, I think that's all I want to talk about um, other than I have been enjoying Warrior Nun I'm on the last episode right now I really don't know what I'm going to jump to next uh, there's so many options and I I, I don't know what's going to catch my itch um there is a pirate documentary I started watching and I don't know if I'm going to stay on it but it it does interest me cuz I do like pirates. So we'll see if I go to that or if I go to finally finishing the last season of Star Wars Rebels. <clears throat> That's also a possibility. And um there there's a couple of them that I've been thinking about. Uh, maybe some movies. I know Barb and I, there's there's certain things we watch together. And I know that um, Hope came out. Uh, I think that's what it's called. It's a horror movie. And Smile, I, I think, came out on Paramount. So um, there's two horror movies. I, I had gotten a little burned out on horror movies because... Um, I had done almost two months straight of horror movies, so I needed like a, a little bit of a change up. That's the other reason I'm cutting back on comics a little bit, is because I have so much streaming and I watch a lot, and, and you see that in the weekly reads, and it takes time from from reading. So I'm, I'm fighting with two sources of entertainment. Um, I watch one show a night. Uh, if not a movie, uh, I watch one thing with Barb a night. And then I watch whatever I can muster on the elliptical in the mornings. And on the weekends, we watch like one or two or three things more. And sometimes when I'm bagging and boarding comics, I'll just watch Seinfeld, even though I've seen it a gazillion times because it's in the background. 
And if I end up watching something good or something that's not in the background, I get distracted and I don't do my work. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of the way things are going. I did see Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. <clears throat> I thought it was excellent. I did like Black Adam more. Um, it, it, Black Adam was more of a popcorn movie. Uh, Black Panther was more of an emotional movie. Um, they were both similar in the fact that there's lots of shades of gray of hero in this. Um, there were shades of gray with Black Panther's sister, Sherry. Uh, there were shades of gray of Namor as being a villain slash hero. You don't know. Hero to his people, villain to everybody else. Uh, Black Adam as well, being a hero to his people um, and a villain to everyone else as the world saw it. That's why they Amanda Waller sent the JSA. I don't know how she has hooks into the JSA, but maybe in the future movie we'll find out. Um, the JSA was f fantastic. The depth uh, wasn't all there, but it didn't need to be. It was just a popcorn movie of fighting, and that's what I liked in the fact that I do like the DC characters more. Um, <clears throat> although it, Black Panther does feature... Black Panther's like my second, if not first, favorite Marvel character next to Daredevil. And I I've always loved Namor. Namor, as he would say. No love. <laughs> his enemies call him Namor. I don't even want to mention what his other name was because it was like... I don't know what it was. It was a strange name, and I could I couldn't give it justice. I thought the actor who played Namor was fantastic. I thought he was a little less hot-headed than our the Namor that we've grown to love in the comics, but that's okay. Uh, he did show a lot more compassion for his people, and. A lot of betrayal from the surface world. So a lot like Aquaman. A lot like Namor. And he was a hothead. You know, he'd go into battle before his soldiers. Uh, Tuma looked a little reserved. Uh, like I was ready for him to cut loose like uh, the badass that uh, Tuma is. And they had uh, Na Namorita. Uh as well and um it was a really good movie i don't want to go into it it did most of the movie centered around paying tribute to the chadwick bozeman they centered the plot like around that <clears throat> and it seems like the beginning and the end were about that and the middle as well um but there was a lot of fight scenes between Wakanda and not Atlantis, but whatever that, whatever they chose to uh, call them. And it was a lot like that Doom War, or I don't remember what they called it, but it was a war between Wakanda, Latveria, and Atlantis. So, and that's kind of badass when you come to think about it, because... Uh, Supervillain team up, you know, Doctor Doom and Submariner. That was an awesome series. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, Warrior Nun is based on 
uh, Ariella, Warrior Nun, and they've had other Warrior Nuns, like Shotgun Mary showed up in Warrior Nun, and she was a comic book. And Dora, I, I think there was a, a Warrior Nun, Dora, and that character shows up in Season 2. And I think there's one other. So there have been, you know, that's based on a comic. Um, and I haven't read a lot of Warrior Nun. I've read, like, all the new stuff that came from Avatar. And I read the first appearance of Warrior Nun. And I've I've read a couple issues. But I, I at some point I would like to get more into it. Because that's where I get my Kickstarters. My, my Kickstarters focus on jungle action. Because there's not a lot of jungle comics. But there are a lot of Kickstarters that involve the jungle. And I, I really like uh, Warrior Nuns. And there seem to be a lot of nun Pray for a sinner. Um, I can't remember them all. Uh, there's there's like at least five of them that I'm getting that involve nuns. Um, so there's that. And um, on that note, you know, just just a brief discussion on that. I don't have any questions, so. If you have any questions for me, send them over. I couldn't think of any questions just because my brain is sort of dead. It's looking forward to the holidays and uh, taking a break. Uh, probably will read a lot at night, uh, probably on the apps, because I'm taking my iPad on DC and Marvel apps. I'll probably be bouncing between the two. But uh, we'll see. And uh, <clears throat> we'll see if Twitter's still around to communicate. If it's not, you always, I always give my email at the end of this. And I also give you my contact information on Facebook. So you can go to Geek Brunch Podcast, click the like button, and send me messages on there. Or go to the DC Noise podcast, which we just changed the website. Derek just updated it, and it looks way more modern. It looks so cool compared to Geek Brunch <laughs> in terms of presentation. So if you have time, go check out dcnoisepodcast.com uh, and see how it looks. Um, and the, you can find all the episodes on this on Geek Brunch podcast. So on that note, let's go check out what we got. Um, I'm almost caught up, believe it or not, which is a little bit crazy. But when I come back from the holidays, I have to work two days, and then I'm on the weekend again, so maybe I can record another one. <clears throat> and be sort of stay on target, you know, like a few weeks behind. Uh, so let's see, there's one week, there's another week, and there's the final week. So let's get this started with comics from October 10th through October 16th of 2022. We'll start at the movies. You can see I've been watching a lot of shit. Uh, 
The three out of five was which I enjoyed. Uh, Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Arama. I think there's a sequel to this. So um, I don't remember where I saw that. It might have been on Tubi or something else. Um, the four out of fives were Halloween Ends. I saw that on Peacock. Deadstream. Oh, God. I saw that on Shudder. Open Windows. I saw on Hulu. Deadstream was about a, a guy that was a streamer that gets he, he he streamed a thing with a homeless man and he became like ostrac he did it a bad thing so his career as a a streamer and millions of people watching his youtube videos stopped and he took many years off and finally came back and one of the first things he was going to go into was a haunted murder house and he goes there and it's really haunted so that's what deadstream is it has like comedic elements to it so if you're a fan of army of darkness and stuff like that you will dig deadstream open windows was a toby mcguire film and it filmed it had the lead actress was a porn star i can't remember what her name is but uh <laughs> It, it she's an act she plays an actress that's really popular and he plays a fan and there's another guy that's watching this whole thing and manipulating the two it, it is a really cool thriller suspense horror movie that i really enjoyed it had bad reviews <clears throat> but i thought it was fantastic and then finally the four last four out of five which is almost a five out of five was the watcher on netflix absolutely amazing series it's still in the top 10 uh, TV shows on Netflix right now. Uh, really good. And then the five out of fives go to The Rental. This was a horror movie about two couples that go to a, a beachfront property to spend the weekend. And all kinds of crazy shit happens. Um, and then Ted Lasso Season 1. Absolutely five out of five. Ran through all of them on Apple TV. The rental was on Netflix, I think. All right. We got a total of 24 comics, 12 Marvel, 12 DC. And uh, what I've been saying a lot on these episodes, because this is a diary, is I have been really into Marvel and DC. Like, I, I go through my, mo mo my mo moods where I don't want to read any Marvel and DC. And I go through moods where that's all I want to read. <laughs> so I, I, I'm still in the mode where I just want to read Marvel and DC. But uh, we had a 3 out of 5. We had Axe, Star Fox. Uh, this was Star Fox fights his uncle Zurus. And they come to an agreement that after the war with Zurus will lead the Eternals instead of Star Fox. <coughs> I'm not sure after reading the whole event it wasn't clear it seemed like he was going to play a major part and I, I think it had to do a little bit with the judgment 
but uh, it wasn't clear to me how all that played out and it could just be the way and the order that I read things but I have read all of Acts sorry have a lot of phlegm <clears throat> and I have to clear my throat we then get into the four out of fives. We had Armageddon 2001. Me and Kyle covered this on the podcast. Uh, reading this for the first time a long, long time ago, I read it as a whole annual journey, like all the Supermans, the Batmans, the Justice League annuals, and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. And it seemed more like more bigger in scope. And... Look, you know, just reading it as bookends on on the app for the podcast for DC Spotlight, it, it was still enjoyable, and and you get the gist of the story, but you miss like how big this event really, really, what really was. Um, but it it deals with a Wave Rider uh, who's trying to go back in time to find out who the monarch is and stop it from happening. And uh, they lead you to believe all through the series that that's going to be Captain Adam, and it turns out not to be. It turns out to be Hawk from Hawk and Dove. And there was a lot of articles about this, um, how it was supposed to be Captain Adam, and they changed their mind on how they were going to do it because everybody guessed it, which, which is kind of fascinating in itself. So then we have Axe Avengers number one, X Men number one, Axe Death of New Mutants, uh, sorry, of Mutants one and two. I did enjoy these tie ins because they show what is happening in the celestial body, especially the X Men one and the Avengers. Uh, Death of the Mutants has another scope to it. It fills in a lot of the details, and the other thing that's interesting about these side books is that they're written by the same person, which is very rare, uh, that was writing the event itself, including Star Fox. So we have Axe Judgment Day 2 through 5, uh, Iron Man and the others resurrect a celestial to stop the war, only to have it judge everyone on the entire planet. So they, they really changed the scope of this book which was supposed to be Eternals versus uh, X-Men. And it, then it turned into a Celestials judging everyone on the planet. During the war, we lose some X-Men, but, you know, we're in a world of Krakoa, so they can get resurrected. But we also lose Captain America, Thor, and Captain Marvel, um, who are also resurrected. So the X-Men have broke their rule, and they've resurrected some people that were not mutants. The X-Men, Avengers, and Eternals evade, invade the Celestial Head. They did come up with a plan to use Star Fox's ability to manipulate humans to pass the judgment, but Star Fox didn't agree to that. So that that's where I'm a little confused because he supposedly played a big role, but I don't remember what he did in terms of the judgment to help the situation. Um, we have Action Comics uh, 1039, 
Uh, Superman realizes without his powers, he will have to master a weapon because he's on this war world. Natasha gets a job with Warworld's blacksmith, and Midnighter frees some inner world aliens. The Martian Manhunter backup events a group of child kidnappers. <clears throat> we have Detective Comics 1051 through 1058. This was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed this uh, arc. Um, I, I heard a lot of people complaining about this Arkham Asylum in a tower kind of story, but I, I thought it really, really freaking worked. But uh, Dr. Worth is working with the Penguin and getting Arkham Tower funded through the mayor of the city. Penguin and him are bringing new drugs into the city. When Psycho Pirate loses control of the tower because Worth has Psycho Pirate working for him and showing progress with the inmates by manipulating them through their emotions with the Medusa mask and stuff. So all hell breaks loose and Dr. Worth and others are killed. The mayor's wife uh, does form an odd relationship with Psycho Pirate. Batman finally appears and works with the Bat family to regain control of the tower because most of this event, Batman's not even there. It's mostly Nightwing working undercover uh, Batwoman uh, working as one of the doctors, uh, Huntress working as one of the patients, and then Oracle working outside, Barbara Gordon working outside. <clears throat> and um, the aftermath is that the mayor still thinks the tower will be good for Gotham. Uh, Batman lets Psycho Pirate uh, go later the backup about um, the boy who loses his family to the Joker is tragic and he becomes the forgotten only to be really forgotten as he is killed at the end by the penguin but it was a fascinating look at major events in the Batman continuity uh, especially Cataclysm and some of the others and even uh, Nightfall, because um, Azrael, uh, Batman, showed up in this. He really hurt this character, the Forgotten, as a, a young kid. So it showed his growth from young kid to an adult and leading a bunch of people in the sewers after Cataclysm and feeding them. And he was kind of heroic until, <clears throat> as a kid, he was actually protected by the Penguin. And then um, that didn't work out, and he had to leave. And Penguin later uh, was seeking revenge on him to, to kill him. Tragic story, but a very good backup. We have Sandman number three. Sandman finds Constantine to find his pouch because he's looking for his mask, his pouch, and everything else. Uh, they trace the pouch to an old fling of Constantine's. <clears throat> Sorry. Amazing Spider-Man number 19. Is Jill coming on to Peter? Um, or is it just me? Peter has to put his black suit on because his regular suit and web shooters were stolen. The suit scares Eddie's ex-wife and she kills herself. Uh... And by jumping off a building, and Eddie blames Peter, and we have Eric Larson drawing. Yep. 
Uh, we have Peter Parker's Spider-Man number 19. Fantastic emotional issue as Peter makes a new costume. A truck arrives of MJ's uh, belongings from the airlines and everyone comes over to Aunt Mays to support Pete and open the box. He is still in denial, but he may have accepted she is dead after opening the trunk and that it was recovered from the crash. They're trying to get him as a group <clears throat> to accept everything. So again, that was a total of 24 comics, uh, 12 Marvel, 12 DC. The five out of fives were Sandman number three from DC Comics. Amazing Spider-Man number 19, volume two from Marvel Comics. Peter Parker, Spider-Man number 19 from Marvel Comics. So then we go to 1017 through 1023. We had the four out of fives were Haunt, um, Time Crimes, which was made by the same guy who did Open Windows, which was borderline horror in that there's a serial killer, but it's mostly about time travel. Um, Haunt, I'm trying to remember what was it about. It must have been pretty good, though, because it was a four out of five. <laughs> five out of fives were Ted Lasso, season two, The Watcher, <coughs> and Black Adam. We only had a total of 15 comics read that week. Six Marvel, six DC, one Boom, and two Antarctic Press. The three out of fives were Marauder. I, I'm, I'm, give, I'm giving that. A three out of five, even though it's close to a two out of five. I, I really don't like the Marauders. Uh, but it's kind of like just going through the motions on this book. Uh, never really remember much about it, except very high-level concepts. You know, they're in space with the Shire and uh, those characters. And the princess dies, and they're trying to gather mutants to help them in space. Uh, Damage Control 1 and 2, uh, this is by the Goldberg guy, and uh, a new intern is going through various jobs and failing at all of them. It's a comedic look at the Marvel Universe. We have the 4 out of 5s, we have Gambit, the current series by Chris Claremont, number 1 and 2. Shadow King, um, de-aged Aurora, and her... Her and Gambit seek revenge when they run across a family being forced off the farm. Uh, Aurora goes into a coma but comes out of it. But during that family thing, it's like an episode of... There was a Claude Van Damme movie where he protects a family. And I can't remember. Hard Target, maybe? I don't remember. But that's what it reminded me of. And even back in the day, there was like dream casting of John claude Van Damme playing Gambit. Because <laughs> he did play a Cajun in Hard Target and a couple other things. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I need another drink of my uh, sun-kissed water. It's water with a sugar pack, like a Kool-Aid packet of sun-kissed. So, we have DC Horror, Sergeant Rock versus the Arm of the Dead. Uh, Hitler is raising the dead towards uh, the end of the war to fight our heroes. 
my biggest complaint about this book is not that it's it's written well it's a solid story the art is great but my only two complaints are they don't feel like easy company and sergeant rock you could have placed anybody in there and the art even though this guy drew 100 bullets and is one of my favorite artists riso it really doesn't work well in my opinion with sergeant rock and easy company but that that's just a personal thing we have future but i still gave it a four out of five so there you go uh future state gotham uh one through three jason works with the peacekeepers to take out vigilantes he is undercover though because batman put him there and he can't tell the rest of the bat family that he really is a good guy trying to take down the magistrate so to everybody else in the bat family red hood looks like a bad seed and jason looks like he's doing bad but he's really working for batman who's <clears throat> believed to be dead at this time we have monster of frankenstein from marvel comics i was listening to a rob liefeld observations and it got me to read this on the app on the Mar marvel app they had uh, monster of frankenstein he is frozen in a block of ice like Captain America. And the captain tells his son the origin on the ship of Frankenstein's monster. So you're kind of getting that as he's making his way to current time in a block of ice. We have Briar number one from Boom Studios. Briar comes out of her sleep only to find her kingdom in a post-apocalyptic setting. Her prince was supposed to wake her with a kiss, but instead married her without kissing her for selfish reasons to take over the kingdom we have aquaman andromeda number one a big size black label an alien craft is going to crash into the ocean and a team is put together to make first contact really cool story we then have from antarctic press exciting comics 17 and 18 uh, featuring niobe sumo boy nature man fallen justice and nothing man just a great anthology that I find like to be one of the best anthologies and just fun. Like I, I have a good time reading it. It's not the best comics like you're, oh, this is groundbreaking. You have to read it. But it's just fun superhero comics. And I, I like it. And it works well as an anthology because I like all of the stories. And I'm following along like soap opera. We then get to the last four out of five, Detective Comics 1059. Uh, I think Tamaki's run on Detective has been amazing. Now we're dealing with the Riddler radio host and normal people committing crimes. Also, David Laffham's on Gotham Girl Backup. So that was four out of five. Um, did I count these? I don't think I did. I didn't count these last two, so I need to add one to DC. Uh, if my mouse works so that's seven and I need to add one image because there's a five out of five I missed them <clears throat> makes a total of 17 comics a little better two more to add we have uh, Sandman number four uh, Sandman goes to hell and a contest with the demon gets his helm back that is Entegrand the Demon, by the way, I, I think. 
And we have uh, Brigade Remastered, number one. This is even better than I thought it was because it was it's not only re-inked, like taking, uh, um, this was not, it was Marat Michael drawing the original book. So usually what they do is they have, on the remastered, they'll have like a new inker come and ink over Marat Michaels' art. But in this case, they redrew them entirely. So you have a different artist and a different ink, inker. So if you put the book side to side, the layouts are somewhat the same, but they look very different. So it was just a fun, fun thing to read. And it, it's about the, the two brothers, their heroes. Um, one is Seahawk and the other one, I can't remember his name. We're sleeping with the same woman. It was Cold Snap and Seahawk. Uh, Thermal seems like she's has a gambling debt, with which I'd like to explore, but I'd have to dig out my old brigades. And they are called to help with a terrorist act. And then it has a Hellborn uh, backup, which is like a Squadron Supreme or the boys about heroes that want to be treated as gods. So that was that week. And then we got the final week. Um, this is October 24th through October 30th. Uh, we'll start at the bottom with the movies. We I watched a movie, We Need to Do Something. I think this was on Hulu. Uh, this was a strange freaking thing. I gave it a 3 out of 5. It was about... A witchcraft thing that led to a post-apocalyptic world and necromancy um, but the whole movie focused around one of the girls that did the necromancy with some other girl and she was the kind of the innocent one of the two and the post-apocalyptic event led them to being trapped in the bathroom. So the majority of the movie is the entire family trapped in the bathroom. And there's a tree that fell through their house and blocked them in so they can't leave the, the bathroom. That's their one way in and the walls are all thick and stuff like that. So gave that a 3 out of 5. Uh, the 4 out of 5s was Prey. This was not the Prey on Hulu. This was a prey, I think, on Netflix. It was a German-made show uh, about being hunted. Um, we, I saw a dash cam. This was like a punk rock girl that was a Trump supporter getting bored with her life during the COVID and going over to England. And all kinds of crazy shit happened with a devil woman or cursed woman. It, it's fucking crazy. That's dash cam. I think that one was on Shudder. And then finally, Midnight Mass, which should have been a 5 out of 5, but I gave it a 4 out of 5. Um, this one is incredible. It's about an island and a preacher coming back from a trip to Jerusalem. And he's a very old preacher, and they say he's sick. He, he came back but he can't see anyone and it turns out that he was bit by a vampire and de-aged and then the rest of this movie's about this crazy shit that happens on this island and it is really good 
Highly recommend that one. The Five Out of Fives are Barbarian. That one's on HBO Max. Uh, the, this one is too nuts to talk about, but it deals with a uh, Detroit area where uh, the whole piece of Detroit went broke in this area. And what do they call it? The rejunification of this area where people are buying the properties for dirt cheap and trying to make them except this area all of it is is dangerous and there's nobody living there except this one home that was fixed up and it leads to crazy shit and the basement and the plot just gets flicked on its head and it is just such a good horror movie and then finally uh the five out of five is the rest of ted lasso season five there are a total of 31 comics, 25 Marvel, one Kickstarter, two DC, two Behemoth, and one on Arctic Press. We'll start at the bottom. We have the Behemoth. Uh, this is slash Behemoth Samaritan because they changed their name. But I still file the comics under Behemoth. I, I, I don't know because I don't want to separate the numbers. And even though there's new number ones ca called with Samaritan, I, I still file them with Behemoth. <clears throat> we got Red Man 3 and 4. This is uh, Kaiju and Super Sentai, I guess you could say. Um, Red Man fights a monster that cannot die, and another that looks like a peaceful monster. <laughs> it is not a lot of depth in these stories, but a lot of well drawn Kaiju and Sentai, or whatever you want to call the superhero big guy fight scenes that's all this book is rendered by somebody who just loves that form of genre <clears throat> we got spider punk number two we got spider punk captain anarchy and iron heart she's not called iron heart in this one but i call her and miss marvel characters take on and defeat Craven and Taskmaster of this world. We have Suburban She Devils. This is a Marvel comic. Um, these are all three out of fives, by the way. This one is Amanda Connor drawn with Steve Gerber writing, and I thought I was going to like it a little more, but this is an odd one that Marvel published. Um, it's Housewives take on a lemur witch, and yes, like a monkey lemur. Uh, and her demons and these housewives are like badass ninjas so that's where you get that title there's like nin they took the ninja out of the indicia but it's on the cover we have judgment day iron fist this is iron fist uh who was the sword master uh not danny rand um and loki get judged as they pass they both pass an odd book, in my opinion, to be throwing in this event. This one stood out like a sore thumb kind of thing. Like it, it this was the one that it was just a judgment for no other reason. Let's judge Loki and Iron Fist for whatever reason. <clears throat> Devil's Reign. X-Men number three, Emma protects a girl and takes her to Krokoa and has runs in with the Kingpin. I do like 
Emma Frost, and I do like the Kingpin. I'm going to pause this because I'm going to cough. Must have been a pretty good cough because Harley actually heard me and she's deaf. <laughs> so I must have hit a pretty big pitch. We have uh, Spider-Man. This is the new Dan Slot with Mark Bagley series. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 5, but man, it was close to a 3 out of 5. And not because it wasn't well rendered or because it wasn't solid storytelling, but because I don't like the Spider-Verse. I don't like all these multiverses, and I get overwhelmed with it. Like, I like Venom, but I don't like billions of Venoms. I I, I like Spider-Man, but I don't like every single Spider-Man that seems to pop up. It... Yeah, I know there's a multiverse and this exists, but I don't care for the storytelling for whatever reason. Uh, Spidey saves a mother and her daughter from a bank robbery. That was a pretty interesting part of the story and well, well done action scene. And Moreland shows up. This guy, I think, was in the Straczynski run. He's the god spider kind of thing. Spider-Woman, Miles, and Silk show up to protect him because Sharthra from another Earth is after him. She infects Spider-Man Noir and takes out Spider-Woman. <clears throat> we have Gambit number three. Gambit gives his bulletproof costume to Marissa to draw fire on her from Warhawk. He's the main bad guy. And others so he can rescue uh, her mother and Aurora. Aurora comes back and opens a can of whoop-ass on Dominique Solars. He's actually really the bad guy. And he has like a muscle-bound guy that's called Warhawk. Uh, Dominic uh, releases Bounty. Uh, he's another female character on Gambit. Uh, we have Hawkeye 4 and 5. This is the latest one. Which focuses on... What's her name? Not Clint Barton, but... <sighs> I can't remember her name. But uh, Hawkeye, her sister, and Pizza Dog, Casey, and America attack the main village and uh, manage to defeat her, but she gets away. The villain of the whole story. We have Robin number 12. This is the current Robin, but it's not the Tim Drake Robin. Uh, this is Robin. Uh, Fight Island ends up, ends, and he discusses the ramification with Connor, uh, Green Arrow's son. Uh, he goes off with his mother, uh, Talia. And you can see how this is playing into the current Shadow War comic and which is the basis it seems like for what's happening in the current Lazarus planet series it's going to launch we have Deathstroke number 7 uh, sorry these two both of these books were part of the Shadow War it's a great start to Shadow War and Ra Ravager introduces Respawn to Deathstroke 
We have Exterminators number one. I, I was surprised I liked this one so much. This one has Jubilee, Boom Boom, uh, Dazzler, and one other, I think. But Dazzler breaks up with her boyfriend, who turns out to be a vampire. And then it's a girl's night out with Boom Boom, Jubilee, and the vampires attack her at a local bar. But what really made this was Jubilee. Uh, when Boom Boom shows up, the remarks to Boom Boom based on how she was dressed, and, and she just kept attacking her, like making these one-liners. They were so funny. I, I laughed out loud. I I don't do that normally with a comic book. I, I really like this. Exterminators, number one. Another four out of five was Vanya the Lost Warrior. Briefly talked about that. Uh, the main guy from the future gets eaten by a T-Rex. Um, then there is a huge or orgy amongst the natives. <laughs> but it's really real wet rendered. But uh, the guy the guy that got eaten by the T-Rex was one of the guys from the future that was sent down to train along with Vanya and another girl. And they were all together when he got bit in half by a T-Rex. We got Force Works number one. Uh, this is after the Avengers West Coast is disbanded. Tony Stark assembles a team consisting of Scarlet Witch, Agent, who, who is a U.S. agent, uh, Wonder Man, Spider-Woman, uh, that's Julia Carpenter's Spider-Woman, and introduces Sentry. Sentry. The Kree attacks shortly after the force work fends them off, and somehow her magic brings Sentry into the fight to help. We got Peter Parker, Spider-Man, number 20 and 21. Peter discusses the death of MJ at P Ben Parker's gravesite. Spidey saves a lot of people and has his heart-to-heart -heart with the Human Torch, which leads him to do a stand-up comedy routine. This is what's really weird, which is something he always told Med MJ he wanted to do. And the sad part about it is when he does the stand-up comedy, he bombs. He And he bombs bad. So that that was weird and funny and strange. Why did Peter always wish to be a stand-up comic? I don't know. We have Devil's Reign, Villains for Hire. This was a lot of fun because this was like the Thunderbolts that Kingpin hired. U.S. agent joins the team and tries to control the Thunderbolts when someone attacks Kingpin and his followers during a rally. Rhino quits because they're going after the Purple Man's children, and that just doesn't isn't copacetic with him we have amazing spider-man number 20 and 21 another fantastic issue is j jonah jameson is being threatened by Smythe to draw spider-man in by displaying his costume in a display case and sending it in for dna testing eric larson drew an amazing issue Smythe sends spider slayers out to get jameson's and Peter's loved ones because he had a mind-reading spider that could read Pete's thoughts. The five out of fives are Captain Marvel, number one, fifth series. Uh, went back to read this on the app because I've been enjoying the new Gen Val. Genis Val 
Captain Marvel series. Uh, the status quo uh, is his introduction in Avengers after Avengers Forever. Uh, Rick is like a Professor Steen, like was in Firestorm. When he, the Nega bands are slammed together, so he actually goes into that weird form where he can't control the body, but uh, Genis Val can, can. We got King Conan 3 and 6. This finishes up the Marvel second volume, King Conan, uh, because he's, he has since left Marvel Comics again. Uh, man, this King Conan was just top-notch. I thought the father-son story was fantastic and the origin and alliance with Tony with Toth Amon. We have, from Antarctic Press, Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights. The cocaine empire that has the sister and brother are running with the musician starts to crumble, but no one is caught this in the circle, but everyone around them is. It was based on a true story, and it was a really good comic book. We have Janice Bell, Captain Marvel 1 through 4, the last 5 out of 5. Rick Jones and Janice are back, and they are trying to save Marla, who seems to have merged with death, and is being kept by the Kree Enterprise. Stars, Moondragon, and Fala. In the past... Death was in Moondragon and seeing Marla even though she was married to Rick. Renvar wants to use Death to bring back the Kree race as it was populated. The population has since dwindled. <clears throat> really good sci-fi superhero action and I really enjoyed it. So like I said, we had 31 comics, 25 Marvel, 1 Kickstarter, 2 DC, 2 Behemoth, and 1 Antarctic Press. And that takes us through the end of the month. And uh, we'll be starting up with the next two. So I'll talk to you soon. And take care. And uh, you can reach me at, at while well, Twitter's up, at Mike Myers Brunch. You can reach me at Facebook at Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button. Follow all of the episode threads there. You should be able to comment on those threads as well. And you can reach me also at DC Noise Podcast, uh, along with Kyle, and that that's the location of it. And you can text us as well. So I think that's all the contact information. The sites are geekbrunchpodcast.com and dcnoisepodcast.com. And my email uh, is another way to get a hold of me is mike at comicbooknoise.com. I want to thank you for listening and join us soon uh, as I try to wrap up. Uh, I might be able to just wrap up uh, November the next recording. We'll see how that goes. And then I'll be caught up and then we'll, we'll see how things go leading into the new year. So take care and read more comics. Bye-bye.